This is Coffee and Camino and I'm Luke Mills. Well, g'day pilgrims. My name is Luke Mills and welcome to another edition of Coffee and Camino. And today I am um, at Dr. Morse Cafe and Bar, I think you could say, in uh, Abbotsford, uh, Johnson Street, Abbotsford, here in Melbourne. It's a very groovy little bar that's right below the um, railway station so you, you might even hear the trains going on uh, going on behind us and today I am joined by very young pilgrim Sarah Palmieri good morning Sarah good morning thank you for having me and usually the first thing that I ask about um, uh, the Camino is that uh, or about the cafe rather is uh, why here but that's yep. pretty obvious why <laughs> yeah yes I work here I work here on a Sunday <laughs> and in fact not only do you do work here but we met here we did we did <laughs> yeah that's right we met here about two or three weeks ago um, I had a family function that was here on Sunday morning and we wanted to give uh, the family from Perth a bit of uh, urban grunge yeah. <laughs> uh, Melbourne urban grunge and a bit of shabby sort of city chic and certainly this bar fills the fills that uh, very nice and uh, we met you but the, the thing that I want to ask you about is mm. how quickly um, well we were a little bit late and you already were talking to my my friends and my family and already the Camino had come up it even did. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw this big group of people and uh recognized all of their hiking shoes and maybe like a certain keenness as well and I said keenness. yeah I was like oh are you guys training for something and they said there's this walk in in Spain and I was like no way which one oh yeah yeah and that was it and you got to see I'm always blamed for bringing up the Camino at inappropriate times and you know boring a lot of dinner parties and you know civil conversation but it was actually brought up not by me by by yourself and by my family and um yeah so you saw the shoes it's a bit like a secret society yep. in fact i see you've got I've your you've got your salamons on today yep. and so yeah, I, <laughs> because i am actually training at the moment for another camino and i'm starting today and i'll i'll um, tell you about that in a moment um uh, later on but uh yes it is a bit of a secret society when you see people with the walking shoes on yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think everyone gets and everyone is so keen to talk about it so whenever you find another person I'm like ah, what was your experience <laughs> well that was right and so I was really glad to, um, to, to speak to you because you were very keen um, to talk about the Camino as I always am and um, we discovered that uh, we we're out there almost at the same time yeah. Yep. yeah and so so Sarah's um, told me she was uh, she did the Camino Frances in September 2018, and uh, you, you blitzed it in about 28 days. Now, tell me, what was the hurry? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, what was the hurry? Or was think, it not a hurry? I, no, I think the challenge that I probably most enjoyed with the Camino was seeing how far I could push my body. Yep. Um, and that was just really exciting 
and like a driver and, and probably as well my my ego being like oh how many k's can I do in a day okay let's do it more yeah and then by the end I had I knew I had a, like an extra two weeks onto my trip right so yeah. I was like the quicker I can do it I ended up going to Morocco and okay. I was like mm -hmm. then I can over there and, yeah. yeah well I, I wanted to probably even go back a little bit further um, Sarah is uh, uh, a young pilgrim in her 20s early 20s and I just wanted to ask you about sort of what you knew about the Camino before you left Australia yeah. was it on like <laughs> how did this whole idea come up um, I knew pretty much nothing about it uh, I used to work at Brunetti and oh, yeah. a, a British girl that worked there, Ali, a friend of mine, did it and we spoke about it briefly, um, but I didn't leave Australia with the intention to go and do the Camino. Right. I was just travelling and I kind of knew it as a thing um, that was just a, a big walk in Spain. Right, So, but you must have, I mean, did you have shoes? Or Where did you arrive? Did you arrive in London or did you arrive in uh, Paris? or where did uh, you... I arrived in Rome. Oh, in Rome, okay. Yeah, I arrived what? in Rome mm -hmm. and had been travelling for two months beforehand. Um, I had like a, like a $40 backpack that I was just like, I was 18 and just had like a very, very tight budget from my Brunetti money. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I just had a pretty terrible backpack and my ASICs. Right. And I felt like that was enough to start. And if I yeah. had a really big problem, then I, I might have to fork out some cash. But So you were straight out of school, yeah. more or less? Yeah, straight out of school. They're very uh, enterprising to go on your own. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> on your own. And um, now, you, you are Italian. Did you have Italian family in Italy at all or any yeah. relatives? Of, yeah. Oh, that yeah, we've got a fair bit. Yeah. Um, so my sister and I spent, so my sister came over with me for the first three weeks mm -hmm. um, and yeah we spent that in Italy with family mm -hmm. which is nice but also always a bit difficult navigating mm -hmm. the language yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah good way to start yeah. it. Yeah fantastic. Okay so yeah well very very um, I'd say adventurous for uh, a young person of your age to set off and then so you had no intention of actually going when you arrived there, spent a few months, and then what? how did the whole idea come together about going on the Camino? I, I, I think I told you this the other day, but mm. I, I found it really difficult traveling on my own at 18 mm -hmm. and not feeling like um, I was kind of, I didn't resonate with what younger people and like people my age were, were doing. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose just like the, the party lifestyle and maybe this was because I was on such a tight budget mm -hmm. that, that spending $10 on a, on a beer just made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. But I, I really didn't feel like I was going to hostels and like mm -hmm. finding lots of friends and mm -hmm. kind of having this this big adventure that I, that I thought I would, um, which was, uh, was really difficult. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just think I just felt quite lost in where to go next mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like you can only look at you know so many beautiful castles and paintings and mm -hmm. things on your own until you're like mm -hmm. and it's probably fair to say I mean if you think I, I don't know if you're talking about the Contiki type experience mm -hmm. uh, that would go from uh, you know a lot of you know whistle stop tours of of, of, uh, of Europe 
but they tend also to go to very big cities a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. That's where a lot of the sites are. Um, and, you know, you're, you may miss on, a, you know, the, the beautiful countryside as well, mm. which is still a lots of th things to do. And, yeah, look, I haven't been... I, I did go backpacking a little bit when I was a, um, when I was a student. And, um, yeah, I suppose... It's uh, yeah. It could be a little bit sort of of a party type of mm. atmosphere, and yeah. I mean, well, it's it's really good that you sort of felt that you needed to do more. Yeah. And so okay. So from that um, uh, from that experience. So then, what did you think after that? After thinking this sort of backpacking hostel uh, thing wasn't for you. What what happened then? I um there, I was in London. And I knew that there was the, the tomato throwing festival. Oh, yes, La Tomatina. Yeah, La Tomatina in, in Spain. And my, my dad had always been like, Sarah, you should go and do that. That would be great. So I thought, okay, I'll just, I'll go to La Tomatina. I'll, I'll do that. And then I'll just get myself to the start of the Camino. I'll just get oh, okay. after that. Like I'm, I'm in Spain. I feel like I'm, I'm not too far. I'll just get myself to the start afterwards, catch up the bus, whatever. And if I do it for a day, I do it for a day. If I do it for a week, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll go to Croatia or something. Oh, okay. Um, and in fact, the Tomatina uh, is not that far from the beginning because it's yeah. is it in that La Mancha region, I think. Um, I'm not quite... But it's not... It's a bus trip or a yeah. train trip. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't... I think it was... Yeah, I think I caught a train and a bus. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, having said that, I think it was like six hours on this bus. Yes, but yes. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too far. Okay. Well, listen, I do have to ask you because yeah. I, I I've only known one or two people to go to the top of uh, yeah. to La Tomatina. Tell yeah. me about that because it sounds absolutely, uh, in you know, enthralling. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't. It sounds pretty wild. It was. It was nuts. Like just <laughs> one of those things where, like, I cannot even. I remember finishing it and being like, I, I never ever want to do that again. Like, just no need. It was just, they, you kind of get packed into like a few little streets. And yes. by packed, I mean like, you're so, there are so many people and it is so hot and sweaty oh. and like to the point where you're a bit nervous because you're like, I can't really breathe in oh, here. Right. And, and then these, these trucks roll in just full of tomatoes and right. like people in the back of, of the trucks yes and they just start picking them at everyone and then it just it just like erupts into this this thing but it's like I think in my head I was like oh it's gonna be beautiful like beautiful tomatoes and, and I'm gonna come out like with this great looking t-shirt it's all spotty and funny but it was like put your phone away because and some of them were so ripe that if you got onto the head it oh, hurt and oh like God. people would be crying like it was it was really very intense and yeah afterwards you just tomato everywhere yeah and and i suppose <laughs> it's full of like which you'd have to be young people anyway yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so they're all students they're probably backpackers from yeah. around europe you know uh, drunk australians and and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Dutch students or whatever without sort of branding what the Dutch do but just yeah. young people from all over the world yeah so it's a real uh, yeah sort of less a cultural thing but more just something that you've got to do once in your life oh well I'm, oh, it's great that you totally, did totally yeah. yeah 
There were some, because at the start they have like a, a competition. Yes. And there's, yeah, so there's like a giant pole that they, they smear lard all over. Oh, yes, yes. And there's a ham that sits on the top of yes. it. Yes. And the aim is for... Someone people, has to climb up. Yeah, is that people right? try and climb up. And if you get the ham, it starts early and it's like a quite an achievement. Right, right. So right. you just watch these and it's huge. You yeah. watch these people like get close and then the entire thing fall and like... Be, oh, it's just crazy, crazy. <laughs> but like also, I think, yeah, there were definitely a lot of backpackers and a lot of tourists, but so many locals who like especially found that part of it yeah like took it very seriously oh okay yeah yeah well, it's, it is it's well it's one of the more um it's one of the more famous festivals around and uh certainly i mean sort of internationally i suppose it is uh, uh you know well renowned but every a lot of the small villages and places like that have their own festivals and things like that uh this one's probably you know, <laughs> gone a little bit wider further yeah. and wider okay so that's good. I, in fact, I might actually, um, in the in the siesta time, I'll I'll do a bit of research about that and find out, uh, you know, the the origins of uh, La Tomatina. Now, um, so you made you just thought you'd give it a shot. So, yeah. where did you start the Camino? So I started in Saint Jean Pierre de Port. Port. Mm-hmm. Um, alone. Alone, uh, with my ASICs in my backpack. Um, I remember getting there and that I, fa- I found that a bit kind of strange. Yes. Um, I suppose I didn't, yeah, I didn't see a lot of young people mm. doing it, which I didn't mind or something. Mm. I probably maybe liked that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really know what I was doing at all. Like, I, it felt like everyone had quite a plan of like, yeah. I was like, what's this passport you have to get? And yeah. I don't know where I'm staying. And like, mm-hmm. I haven't booked anything. I've just kind of rocked up to the place yeah. and I'll try and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> You've probably um, defied most of the uh, most of the logic that a lot of people do, you know, certainly for <laughs> oldies like me, that plan everything mm. and have their accommodation booked and, you know, uh, you know, test out their backpack yeah. <laughs> and their shoes. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going in completely underdone, but you are very fit and healthy, so mm. that's, that's very good. And your backpack wasn't heavy, I imagine. Yeah. I think it was it was 12 kilos. Oh, that's heavy. Yeah. Well, it, I, it started at 12 kilos, and then maybe the, by the second day, yeah. I just got rid of half my stuff yeah, and yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that doesn't work. Yeah. So you, you must have... Uh, over that period of time, then you you stayed on, and so you, did you. What you met people along the way, or um, you began to sort of involve you more more of yourself into the experience. So, tell us about the first couple of days that that happened. Yeah. Um, first day. In fact, I'll start when I got there. I remember the first night kind of mm-hmm. freaked me out a little bit. It was probably the worst hostel I'd stayed in mm-hmm. over my whole trip, and I'd stayed in some pretty bad ones. Just like after, this is after leaving um, Saint Jean or in Saint Jean. In Saint Jean. In Saint Jean. first, kind of, I'd gotten there that evening. My first night in Saint Jean, I was a bit like, oh. Yeah, I just remember kind of my sheets being dirty and that was the one thing that I just could never <laughs> never deal with, just don't have dirty sheets. And yeah. like, yeah, everyone really felt like they knew what was going on and, mm-hmm. and I didn't, which was a bit daunting. Um, the first day through the Pyrenees, 
really challenged me, mm. like really challenged me. Yeah. I, um, and was definitely like, oh, okay, this is this is hard. Like mm -hmm. I didn't find it easy. Um, I, people were passing me, mm -hmm. and that was kind of stabbed to the heart a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, the f but the first people I met were um, two boys from Tel Aviv. Yes. And I kind of that was fun, and I, I liked you know walking and, and listening to them and about their lifestyle and mm -hmm. I think that got me through the, the Pyrenees which really hurt um, and then I remember kind of getting to the end of that day I think it was like 30 kilometers yeah it's a day. long way if you went to Ronthas Valley yeah, yeah, yeah it is yeah and um, I, I overheard two Australians um, Tony and Amelia and was very keen and eager to talk to them and I remember coming around and be like, oh, you guys are Aussie and the, the look on their faces when they saw another Aussie was so, like, mm -hmm. they didn't want to see me. They were like, oh, we just don't want to... We just <laughs> Australians backpacking. We don't want to... Oh, we don't want to do it. <laughs> were and they it, a couple? That, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. they were a couple from, uh, from Queensland. Mm -hmm. And anyway... It, we kind of we, we weren't walking too far from each other, but once when we got to the first um, albergue, yeah. the big one, you probably yeah, it's in the monastery, I think. Yeah, in the well. monastery. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like 180 beds yeah. or something. Yes, ridiculous. yes. I didn't stay there, but yes, yeah, I did good stay. choice, good <laughs> choice. Um, it was full, and oh. that was like, oh, okay, mm. Sarah should plan, but whatever. Mm. And um, so I started walking another 5Ks to the next town. Yes. As did they. Yeah. And um, we were all on quite a tight budget, so we all ended up getting a room together. Right. And then we just didn't leave each other's side oh. since. Oh, right. Well, that's a fantastic... Yeah. Uh, what a fantastic chance meeting. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah you, you would have been very tired from walking mm. over the, the pyramids mm. that day and then to walk another five kilometres... I uh, forget the name of the towns. It might be Viscaret. I'm not quite sure, yeah. but it, there's a yeah. There are a few other towns. Yeah. Oh God, that must have been, like, <laughs> you know, very deflating knowing that you have to move on. Yeah. Oh, oh. absolutely. Oh, and just in, dear. I think by the end you're like five k's, whatever. Yeah. But at that point it was like, no way. Yeah, and getting dark too. I imagine. Yeah, getting dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and just. A sense of like I didn't really know mm -hmm. what was mm -hmm. the, the locals seemed really nice so I felt mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. worst comes to worst I, w I would have had a place to sleep mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but it was yeah something else having them with me yeah okay so that, that that's that's really good. and so that's really good to hear because you know doing it on your own is going to be you know a, a, a pra rather a lonely experience mm -hmm. I think so how you did you walk together for the rest of the 27 days then yeah most of it yeah um it kind of started with tony and amelia and then by i reckon there was maybe 11 of us oh, okay. who kind of joined but we would all walk you know s s most of the days we were together mm -hmm. we wouldn't necessarily walk together no. um like i really liked kind of getting out super early mm -hmm. being on my own um and then there was a section, yeah, when I when I started doing like, I think 50, 60 Ks I did in a couple of days. Yes. 
um, they were like, we're not walking 60Ks in a day, Sarah. <laughs> so there was, there was a bit of distance at points, but we'd always catch up. There'd always be someone in, in yeah. the albergue that I knew, which was nice. Yeah. Oh, that's... And so... And who are some of these people? Because when we spoke um, a couple of weeks ago, you said, oh, look, I'm still in contact yeah. with um, some of these people now. We became like a little Camino family. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tell us about some of the people that you met um, and uh, along the way that formed this little group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was Tony and Amelia. So there are a couple from Queensland who were like, and all of them, but yeah. these two especially are, are like family. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't say that enough. We talk once a week and mm -hmm. it's been, you know, years since I did it. Mm. Um, and they'd been travelling for four years beforehand, mm. like... Um, and that impressed me so much. I think that was why I wanted to hang out with them because mm -hmm. I just had never met people that had kind of um, found a way to make quite an alternative lifestyle mm -hmm. really work for them. Mm -hmm. um, so I loved hearing their stories and they've just been all around the world. Mm -hmm. At the moment they're in the UK. and um, Yeah, and then after they were travelling with Anne and... Um, was from the States um, and then afterwards I, I met Joel Joel was from Sydney mm -hmm. and I think Joel was like 26 so maybe he was the closest to my age at the mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. um, it was Laurent who was from Belgium um, mm -hmm. who always knew what food to get <laughs> it was very funny I would yes, always yes. laugh with Laurent Cecilia was from the UK. Um, she was a teacher, and she went off to do the um, the PCT trail in uh, the states. Okay. Quite a. Is that the one that goes up through the Rockies? Is oh, it? I, PCT? I think so. it goes through everywhere. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. she was doing. She, she, I think she did that for six months. It was very impressive. Mm. I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was Matt, who was from Wales and he um, Matt probably took like more of an alternate route to us would um, you know had his tent and okay. would, would camp out and like I think he did a couple of night walks so instead of walking during the day he walked at night um, yeah I think all of us had very very different Oh, that's amazing, yeah. yeah. So as you got going, it was sort of, you sort of grew into the Camino a little mm. bit. You sort of had this, uh, I suppose, uh, a growing realisation about what it all meant from not knowing anything. <laughs> um, did, did you sort of understand a little bit more about the, I don't know, I suppose the, the, the reason why people do it or the... Or the history, or anything like that. Did you? Or, or yeah, I think the reason why people did it, absolutely. Like, yeah. um, that was my favourite thing was just to talk to people, mm. and I always felt like I found it really interesting that I think you start walking with someone, mm. and they'd always give you two reasons why they're doing it. You know, <laughs> there was there was, I I I think the yeah. the more superficial reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that lasts for a 15 minute walk but you know once you get to the two hour point mm -hmm. I think it gets a bit mm -hmm. deeper as to why you're there mm -hmm. I loved hearing that like just people's stories um, mm -hmm. to why they came mm -hmm. 
Well, that's you know that's one of the whole reasons why I do why I do this because generally there's a there's a story that's mm. associated with it. Um, I always uh, say that no one does the Camino by accident, but you've probably become <laughs> the closest <laughs> to actually doing it by chance yeah. um, uh, and uh, just falling into it. But um, it, and really getting a, a great um, experience of that because it really is the, the stories, even if it's not your personal story, um, it, it you know <clears throat> you understand that there are a lot of people around that really do um, uh, have you know have had a great you know hardship or, or something like that um, along the way and um, in order to get there and it's a big sort of momentous thing for them to do they're either ridding themselves of something or or making a cut off or something or, or trying to start afresh or, or something like that and that it generally becomes a you know, a pretty big moment in someone's life, but yeah. uh, but for you, you know, you, you sort of did it almost by accident, mm. <laughs> accident, yeah. and it and it, uh, it it sort of still had the same sort of value. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! I think, and I really try and tell people to do it like as much as I can. I, I think the Camino is just um, no matter how you come to it, it is innately a, a very like spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I don't think you can walk for that amount of time, or at least this was my experience, mm -hmm. um, and kind of reach really weird moments of like pain and mm. um, yeah, and it's like a giant meditation. Mm. That's how I mm. always found it, and I think because it's so long. I heard you say that it's just you know it's just one foot in, in front of the other, mm -hmm. and it's like there's something about the repetitiveness of mm -hmm. that that um, yeah is really it's it's spiritual and yeah. I don't know for me it's just not um, as I yeah said like I I don't remember a lot of the technical things about it unfortunately like I don't know a lot of the history about mm -hmm. it either but but the feeling of doing mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it just sticks with me. Did you, did you count yourself, or do you count yourself as a spiritual person? When you left, you said you were looking to do more than just the, you know, the, the backpacking around around, uh, around Europe. Now, we might have a little bit of... That's okay. It's all right. We might have, we've got some awnings moving here, so... Okay, well, we're back after the... Um, after the awnings have been moved, <laughs> and I'm back here with Sarah Palmieri, and we're talking um, about the Camino, her trip there. And I, I asked, I was asking Sarah about, like, did you, did you count yourself as a spiritual person uh, before setting out, or you know, um, you know, in your quest, I suppose, mm. to go overseas? Uh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if I would have put words to it like that at 18. Mm -hmm. If someone asked me, "Am I spiritual?" I probably would have thought it was a bit. I don't know, weird. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, absolutely. I think uh, in year 12, so just before I went, um, unfortunately a, a very good friend of mine passed away. Ooh. And um, that was like such a... Uh, yeah, I don't think you can experience that and kind of not question everything and finishing school and... Um, yeah, kind of having that... Was that um, sudden or 
Uh, or was she sick for a while, or was that sudden, or...? Um, it was very sudden, yeah. Morgan, yeah. unfortunately, um, passed away of suicide. Oh, dear. Um, so, you know, which is, like, yeah. a, a very common experience, I yeah. think, for um, a lot of young people yeah. to, to have in their lives. Um, so, yeah, as I said, after that, it was uh, quite, quite shocking, and um, yeah. if... As cliche as it sounds, I think I, I picked up a, a book by Deepak Chopra that was um, on the shelf that was my auntie's or something. And um, after reading that, um, yeah, I'd be lying if I if I said that that wasn't you know part of my experience. And um, although I don't think I went to the Camino to find answers or to search for things, it was just a feeling of like, oh, that's not resonating, yeah. maybe I'll, yeah. I'll go and And this. certainly over that time, you have got time to think about that yeah. all the time. You've yeah. got more than enough time each day to to spend you know, long periods of uninterrupted time thinking about things, yeah, that are important to you. And yeah. that obviously was a big a big thing for you, your family and all your friends and mm. yeah, it's very yeah, very devastating. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah as I, as I said it was uh, I, I always tell people that on the on the Camino I got to the point where I would overthink everything to to the point that it would it would go. It would just go like um, you, you can you can sit on one topic for a day for eight hours of walking, and then it's like you've thought out every possible line you could go, and it just like it just goes away. Yeah, I thought that was extraordinary. Well, that's 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 terrific, you know, because you it is uh, a rather sort of. Yeah, it is. We used to call it one big long meditation. It is a very yeah. slow meditative experience, yeah. and um, you there are just enough interruptions along the way to sort of break your routine. But then you can uh, very much spend some time uh, on on your own. I, you know, I've reflected on this before. It's a it's a solitary experience, but it's also a shared experience Definitely. as well. Yeah. yeah, you can get out on your own and. And that's really good. So you felt at the end uh, of all of this that you, um, even though you didn't go in with some soul searching, did you go? Did you come out at the end sort of feeling I don't know relieved or um, sort of um, enlightened, perhaps? Um, no, I would say no. I think I remember actually the first that first night I said I was in Saint John. Um, the man that ran the albergue said to me uh, you might not get what you want from this but you will get what you need mm -hmm. and I really liked that um, and when I finished when I got to St. John I remember thinking oh okay it's done mm -hmm. but for me the, the Camino didn't work in a way of um, yeah, you, you're finished, and here's your gift of enlightenment. Here's your your wonderful new perspective on life, and here are all the answers. Um, it's been something that ha is has gifted me so many things, so many things I've throughout my life, and um, throughout my my short life. I don't mean that as in that, yeah, yeah. but in the you know in the past few years, it yeah. things come up, and it and. Um, 
I think it did give me so much spiritually, but also the 11 people that if I called on for anything, mm-hmm. would, would be there yeah. always. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Well, we've just had, um, you know, two years of lockdown mm-hmm. here in, in Melbourne, at least. We had almost 250 days of, of lockdown through 20 and 21, and no doubt that you know, it was very difficult for a lot of people and no doubt you would have had a few Zoom calls, I imagine, yeah. to, to these people around the world and, yeah. and, and, uh, and also to survive in that period of time. It was an emotionally difficult time for, for many people, young people like yourself. Uh, and so, yeah, did you feel like at least maybe a bit of a stronger person or emotionally or anything like that or just more able mm. to, to withstand what was thrown at you? Um... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a certain comfort, probably, with mm. being by myself it didn't bother me, mm-hmm. really. I, mm. I feel quite comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, good. That, that's really good. So, we might um, actually talk a little bit about your song. Easy. Because yeah, easy. We're, we're coming up to the break now. Yeah. And I always ask people to bring along a favourite song, something that means something to them. Yeah. And you've uh, uh, got the this song. Uh, will you tell me all about it? Mama, You've Been On My Mind. Yeah, by, by Jeff Buckley. Um, speaking of, of COVID, uh, I think during lockdown, I decided that I kind of wanted to understand why... All of these great musicians were great musicians, and um, you know who's Bob Dylan, and, and why is he so? You don't know so Bob Dylan. Cool? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know who Bob Dylan is, but I I, I don't really know like what makes yeah. them great. Anyway, I was on my my Jeff Buckley run, and um, I just played this the Grace album over and over again. I'd walk around the Maribyrnong. Um, during during COVID, um, I think it's most important to me because it, it reminds me of my mum. She unfortunately passed away during during lockdown. Um, so it's a very yeah. I think it's a beautiful song, and and um, the words he says resonate with me. And any chance to, to think of mum or to talk of mum, uh, yeah. snatch onto it. Oh, that's great. So and Jeff, uh, he would have died in about twenty years ago now. I think was that yeah. right? In about a while ago, at least. Yeah, yeah. he was 27, died yeah, yeah, boat yeah. crash randomly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he's had a tremendous uh, legacy. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, on the music scene. So um, I've been with Sarah Palmieri, and we're just going to take a break now. And um, to play us out to the break, we've got Jeff Buckley singing, Mama, You've Been On My Mind. Perhaps it is the color of the sun Caught flat and covering The crossroads I'm standing at 
Or maybe it's the weather or something like that But mama, you've been on my mind I mean no trouble, please don't put me down Don't get upset, I am not pleading Oh, saying I can't forget you I do not pace the floor, bow down and bend, but yet Even though my eyes are hazy and my thoughts, they might be narrow. Where you been? Don't bother me. Oh, bring me down with sorrow. I don't even mind who you'll be waking with tomorrow. But mama, you just on my mind. I am not asking you to say words like yes or no, please understand me. I have no place I'm calling you to go. I'm just whispering to myself so I can't pretend that I don't know. Mommy, you just on my mind. up in the morning baby look inside your mirror you know I won't be next to you you know I won't be near I'd just be curious to know if you can see yourself as clear as someone who has had you on his mind Today I'd like to talk about something that was mentioned by Sarah and that is the Festival of La Tomatina. It's a festival that is held in the town of Bagnol near Valencia in which participants throw tomatoes and get involved in a tomato fight purely for entertainment purposes. It began back in 1945 and is held on the last Wednesday of August during a week-long festival time in Bagnol. Bagnol is on the path of a lesser-known Camino called the Camino della Lana. It is one of a number of Caminos, like the Camino Levante, that goes from the Mediterranean coastal towns of Valencia or Alicante through central Spain, meeting up with the Camino Frances in any town from Burgos onwards. It's definitely for the younger folks and it has always been so way back to the first time when a group of young people were in the town square to attend the festival of Giants and Big Heads parade. One of the Giants Big Heads fell off 
as a result of the festivities. The participant flew into a fit of rage and began hitting everything in their path. There was a market stall of vegetables that fell victim to the fury of the crowd and people started to pelt each other with tomatoes until the local forces ended the battle. The following year, some young people engaged in a pre-planned quarrel and brought their own tomatoes from home. Although the local forces broke it up, it began the yearly long tradition of growing numbers. Before the tomato throne begins, there is a small ceremony with the giant palo jabon or soapy pole which has a giant jamon or ham placed on top. The petitions have to climb the greasy pole to reach it. Once it has been reached and thrown down to the crowd, a shot of water from one of the fire hoses starts the tomato throwing. Up to 150,000 kilograms of tomatoes can be thrown in the one hour time period before another shot of water from a fire hose closes the festival. La Tomatina was banned in the early 50s by Franco due to the festival's lack of religious importance. However, after some, after some successful protesting, it was restarted again in 1957. It is now an official festival of Spain's tourism department. Please enjoy at your own risk. Welcome back, pilgrims. I am here at Dr. Morse in Abbotsford, Melbourne. Uh, it's a lovely little cafe and bar, and I'm here with Sarah Palmieri, and we have been talking about all things Camino and her uh, wonderful um, Camino experience that occurred in 2018, in September, where she absolutely smashed out the Camino, Frances, uh, from St. Jean-Pierre de Port to Santiago in 28 days. And what's more, she had some people along with her to, to do it as well. So it's uh, really, um, it's, and it's been a great experience for, for you. I, and we've heard how, uh, how excited you are about it. But now we come to that all important uh, show and tell time. So I always ask people to bring something along which uh, sort of means something to them either on the Camino or uh, during the Camino or post Camino. So what have you brought along for us today? I, uh, I, I brought my mum's my mum's wedding rings, oh. which I'm, I'm nervous. I was nervous to take out of the house. Mm. I thought, oh my goodness, if I lose these, my sister will kill me. Well, you and you're wearing them on your right hand, so yeah. nobody thinks you're married. No, so. no, no. <laughs> and I had another ring on top just to oh, to trap them all okay. in. Well, I could, yeah. well, Sarah's showing me now, and we have a. Um, you know, I'm not a jeweler at all, but we have a, a sort of a, a golden wedding band yeah. that is encrusted with diamonds. We see there, and it's. Fit, I think you call this fitted, do you? When when you have a an engagement ring that is fitted to um, in uh, fit to the um, to the wedding band, yeah. and there's sort of like a slightly sort of indentation that allows the two things to fit together and be worn together. So, tell us a little bit about the, the your mum's wedding rings and engagement ring. Yeah, um, I think as I said with the song, I like any opportunity to to talk about mum, mm -hmm. um, Claire. Uh, yeah, who passed away during during lockdown uh, in 2020, end of September 2020. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, her, her wedding rings, I, I kind of, in some way I find them a bit funny, because mm. <laughs> um, obviously, well my, my parents were divorced, uh, unfortunately, but I think they still had a, a really lovely relationship, mm. and um, I remember her like going to throw these out so many times, but was, it's something we would we would laugh about looking on. I'm like, Mom, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're very special to me and, and a nice memory of her. Yeah, and it is funny when someone passes away. You you're often not left with all that much, and just a few things. And you think, oh, this is this is their legacy and yeah. um, this is all I've got left yeah. to remind um, to remind me of her and, and in some ways although it's precious it can also seem in some ways inadequate in where uh, that oh this is it yeah. is that it you oh know? totally and yeah. I think that's why I say I think they're a bit funny yeah because it's not like oh this is my mum in these in these gold rings it's mm. it's the stories that come around it mm. or mm. Um, you know watching her take them off when she when she washed dishes and things mm -hmm. um, yeah and did she now you said your mum and dad weren't together but did she wear them did she continue to wear them or did she take them off she took them off <laughs> she took them off I think every now and then maybe like when mum and dad went out for coffee like they had you know, they get along well. She might, she might put them back mm. on and be like, "Yeah, I'm just." They look nice. Mm, yeah. I would go, "Okay, you, you and Dad are getting along well. Cool." Yeah. Um, but no, in general, they stayed in a little red box. In the little. Yeah. Well, and look, I do have to ask you now because we were talking in the break about um, what a really um, difficult time this was. But how how are you doing now? How's the family doing now after your mother passed away? What is uh, two years ago now? Mm. Um, it's very hard. It's very very hard. Uh, you know, we we get on. We get on, and I think perspective is super important to me. As I said, yeah, in, um, I, I had my mum for 20 years, and that rocks. Like, mm -hmm. you know, m my dad lost his dad at eight, mum lost her dad at, at 16. Mm -hmm. I got my mum for 20 years, mm -hmm. and that's as long as, as I was meant to. So I think thinking that brings me a bit of peace, mm -hmm. but of course you have your your ups and your downs, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I think I thought I thought it would be done. Like I thought this this, this thing I suppose would um, kind of be yeah be done after a month, but it's it's learning that it's learning I suppose that that she was in so many facets of my life, in so many ways, mm -hmm. and relearning how to live those things with, without it. Mm. I, you know, we we were talking earlier on and uh, uh, and in the break, and, and we, you know, we talk, you know, there was a bit of loss in my family as well, um, um, or quite a big loss uh, in my family too, with um, with my wife passing away 12 years ago, and um, so I was, we were talking about the road to recovery, and I, I don't think I don't think you ever. This is my experience at least. I don't think it, you ever are the same person. Mm. I think um, it has. It doesn't mean that you 
uh, that you can never be a fully functioning person. But I think it remains, you know, um, embed well on your heart. It remains embedded in in your heart for uh, for the rest of your life. Um, and but you learn to live with it, and um, it's. Uh, it's something that sort of really becomes a, a part of a, a part of you, and um, and and you just learn to live with that, that memory, and and well, certainly that has been in my part, and uh, it, it does mean you can be happy again, and things. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you think yeah. oh, I'm never going to be happy again, but yeah. you actually can, and it's just a different type of uh, happiness to what it was mm. before. Well, that's a really you know brave thing that's uh, occurred to you, and no doubt there's more ahead of you, and I really. Um, you know, appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, but just moving on a little now, Sarah, you have an exciting little student life that you were telling me about because we haven't talked about your studies, but Sarah tells me she's been involved in filmmaking and theatre making. So go, do tell. Um, well, I'm actually not studying. I oh, just you're not kind of, It's just what, what, I, what I do, I yes. suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to VCAS, a, so it's a Victorian College of the Arts secondary school for yes. year 11 and 12, and I studied acting. Yes. Um, so I kind of, I suppose that was that was my, my studies to some extent. So, mm. yeah, theatre and, and film began as, filmmaking began as a, a skill that I was kind of like, okay, if, if, if no one's going to give me the role, well, mm-hmm. then um, I either keep trying and probably get pretty sad or mm-hmm. or I'm going to have to start making my own work and, and giving myself that mm-hmm. um, so actually when when I did go on this backpacking trip I, I made a film in Paris um, that was kind of the first, it was like an experimental documentary film mm-hmm. and then um, that, it was pretty random like I just made it not thinking anything of it and it got a bit of attention and people started saying oh, maybe Sarah's a filmmaker mm-hmm. and um, then uh, in 2019 we did Everest Base Camp my dad my sister and I mm-hmm. and um, yeah I documented that mm-hmm. and made that during during lockdown kind of mm-hmm. spent a lot of time editing it mm-hmm. um, yeah now it's just become a a bit of a passion. Have you got a project at the moment that you're working on? Um, I am planning on heading to South America mm-hmm. uh, in, in a month. South America, States, who knows really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am looking at making a documentary kind of focusing on uh, religion mm-hmm. in, in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very much at the start of it, mm-hmm. but... Uh, and I think, <laughs> same with the Camino. Um, I don't know how much planning will go into it, but I'm sure we'll just go and begin and see how we go. Well, you've, you've got, there's another one there I can see that, you know, you could do on the Camino at, oh, at, totally. at, yeah, yeah, yeah. at some stage. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, oh, that's wonderful. We, we really look forward to that. So is there any, um, look, feel free to give you a, a plug or something if there's a name on YouTube. I would imagine they're on YouTube, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Have you got a channel or anything like that? They, they more kind of, I put them up through Vimeo on my Instagram. So okay. my Instagram is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Kate, K-A-T-E, 
Panini, P-A-N-I-N-I. Okay, Sarah Kate Panini. Yeah, yeah and okay. all of my stuff is, is Okay, yeah. so look for any of that and follow Sarah's Insta profile. Um, she's um, obviously going to be a big filmmaker um, in the future and we look forward to seeing and hearing more of that. Look, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you today. Um, you've been such a bright and bubbly sort of young pilgrim which, uh, and sort of, um, you know, so often we feel that uh, going out on the Camino is an oldie thing, but you've um, revived the, um, the, the, the enthusiasm or, you know, uh, by um, appealing to young people. Because a lot of young people do do the Camino, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just great. It's yeah. like, yeah. I, yeah, I think, why not? And... And you know what? You can party and do it if you want to. It's like but you when want. you come back to Australia and you probably told your friends you yeah. did it. They go, "Oh, what did you do it with your dad or something yeah, like yeah, that?" Yeah. Like, why it's, would why you, would you do that? Why would you book for thirty days? Yeah. You go and do it, and you'll yeah. understand. You'll understand, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this are, are already converted. So, uh, but look, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. I've been with Sarah Palmieri. Uh, we are at the Doctor uh, Morse uh, Cafe and Bar in Abbotsford. And until next time, um, I shall see you. So, thanks very much, Sarah. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, guys. Bye bye.